When the Japanese attacked the U.S. fleet at Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941, Private William George Bill Turner was a radio operator assigned to Marine Scout Bombing Squadron 231 at Eva Mooring Mass Field, Oahu, Hawaii. During the attack, he supplied ammunition to Technical Sergeant Emil S. Peters, who was firing a belt-fed Browning 30 caliber machine gun from one of the aircraft parked on the airfield. The two Marines reportedly downed two enemy aircraft before both men were wounded. Private Turner, 22, died on December 12th as a result of the wounds he received during the attack. He was awarded the Bronze Star posthumously for his actions during the raid. Private Turner's family in rural Iowa didn't learn of his death until late in the evening on December 25th. According to the December 30th edition of his hometown newspaper, a telegram arrived at the Turner household shortly after 5 p.m. on Christmas Day, bringing the sad news of Private Turner's death. The telegram stated, Your son, William George Turner, has now been reported killed in action instead of wounded in action. Temporary interment will be made at Pearl Harbor. His mother had been praying for her son to recover, having been notified of his wounding. Or better still, she was hoping that a mistake had been made and he wasn't wounded after all. The news article said, Throughout Algona on Christmas evening, there was universal sadness and sympathy. But as the Turner family said, it was a favorable stroke of fate that the news did not come until the close of the day. The family had spent most of the holiday season in the belief that he was still living. Turner's sister Ruth told a reporter that a Marine Corps official wrote a letter to the family telling them of William's bravery during the attack, and the letter concluded with the following statement, It is needless to say that your great loss was our great loss, and we of this group are all very proud to have known William as the fine, upstanding American boy that he was. Private Turner was buried at the National Memorial Cemetery of the Pacific in Honolulu, Hawaii, but the family held a memorial service for him in Algona, Iowa, in early January 1942. The First Presbyterian Church was filled to capacity as people gathered to pay their respects to the family of the town's first casualty of World War II. Hey, welcome back to Scuttlebutt, a Marine Corps Association podcast. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas. I am Nick. I'm here with Vic. Ho, ho, ho. William. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And joining us today is our behind-the-scenes extraordinaire, Nancy Lichman. Yay. Happy New Year, everybody. That was her voice you heard reading the story of... Um, Private William Turner. Thank you. Had a brain fart. Okay, William Turner uh, jumped out onto the airstrip at uh, Pearl Harbor. Was it Pearl Harbor? It was at Eva Field on Oahu. Eva Field on Oahu to start shooting down any Japanese that they could get the bullets to. Uh, And sadly, uh, he lost his life that day. His family did not hear about it until Christmas. Um, Why did we pick that story, Nancy? We featured that in the December 2021 issue of Leatherneck because I thought it was a really good it was a really good indicator first of all I wanted to touch on some of the unknown casualties of Pearl Harbor we hear all about the tragedies that took place on the ships in the harbor but I don't think the stories of the Marines at some of the other fields on Oahu 
are often told. And also I just thought it was an interesting look at how times have changed. It would never take that long for such sad news to get back to a family in the modern era. Yeah, and that is definitely in the last page of Leatherneck, December 2021. It's the last page of Leatherneck for the entire year. It's a saved round section, which Nancy's been putting on for a few years now, and it's a fantastic read. Check it out if you have not already. Uh, Speaking of the deep history of the Marine Corps, we've gone through and decided that Christmas was a great time to look back at a few various times and events and William has gone and made a nice list for us. Yeah, thanks Nick. So uh, we're going to go ahead and go through a blast for the past and talk about the five worst Christmases in Marine Corps history. Era. Worst being completely subjective and because it'd be pretty easy to do the, the best Christmases because it's pretty much every Christmas we haven't been at war or, <laughs> or in fighting. So we're going to start off with the original, you know, the second Christmas in Marine Corps history. 1776, December 25th, the crossing of Delaware and the uh, Battle of Trenton. Why is it one of the worst Christmases in Marine Corps history? Well, even though we won the battle and delivered America one of the best Christmas presents ever, you know, it's kind of sucks to be freezing cold, crossing a river, fighting oftentimes barefoot, ill-clothed against Hessians on Christmas. I can think we can all agree here. Um, not one of the, 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 the best ways to spend the holidays. Definitely not. And, and this sort of, actually, this um, hits a little bit home. Again, done very little research on this topic. I'm taking this strictly from my dad's understanding of the rubles in America. But for, so for those, actually, could you talk about Hessians a little bit, history buff? Yeah, so essentially during the Revolutionary War, the British were pretty spread through and across their entire empire. So they would hire mercenaries and this time Germany was now United States um, so from, I believe it was uh, Hesse Kessel was I guess the little uh, nation principality whatever it was so they hired mercenaries from there to go and fight in the Revolutionary War in America and they had a really rough reputation in in the continental US just because of of their fighting prowess and reputation so it was sort of like a morale booster for the uh, soldiers at the time to say hey we we beat the the, the, the Kraut Germans on Christmas. But uh, yeah, they, the reason why they're over here is because they were essentially mercenaries for the British Empire. And so, cue the rubles. So even though my last name sounds very Russian, uh, it actually comes from Germany. And apparently the first Russia, or the first rubles in America were part of that Hessian force. <laughs> and so... Wow. Which, so we always used to joke around that that's why we love sleep so much. <laughs> it's because those dudes were napping on the job and they got captured. And then after the war was over and the United, the colonies united as a state, they just decided to stay and like settle in Pennsylvania and became farmers and all that stuff rather than going back to Germany. So can't blame them. Yeah. So that's theoretically. So do you just like hide from Americans every Christmas as a family tradition? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, only. Uh, yeah. I, I go radio dark on July 4th <laughs> so that uh, I'm not like tarred and feathered. Good plan. 
Yeah. But wasn't it kind of a... De- okay, I might just be thinking back to something wrong here, but weren't they still paid for their time sitting in prison camp? Like, I mean, you're supposed to... Uh, I, but, but there was no Geneva Convention back yeah. then, so I don't think there were the same uh, rules of law or uh, rules of war. Or rule of- I think when the war ended, uh, they got paid. I don't. They didn't get paid their full rate, obviously, because they weren't doing right. much, but I think the British still paid out some checks, which they were able to use to go buy some land to set up in Pennsylvania to and hide out every Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so next we have 1864. Uh, during uh, the uh, first Battle of Fort Fisher, uh, several Marines were uh, killed in the uh, bombardment of the fort. And for those who uh, are unschooled in the art of Civil War history, Fort Fisher is, was known as the Gibraltar of the South. And if your you know, fortification is known as the Gibraltar of anything, that's generally not a good indication that it's pretty valuable and important and that there's going to be some uh, tough fighting going on there. And the Battle of Fort Fisher uh, was a miserable mess for the Union forces during the Civil War. And in fact, it was what, what finally relieved, uh, Abraham Lincoln relieved General Butler after just the miserable failure and the failure to follow orders and establish a siege of it. And for those who know much about Civil War history in the past, being a Marine on a Civil War ship is no fun. Especially when also on top of that, you are bombarding one of the largest forts of the Confederacy with over, you know, 50 major heavy guns against you. Yeah. No. Yeah. The first ever Marine to win a Medal of Honor was on the worst boat ever made, apparently, (laughs) in the Civil War. So that, you know, that checks out to me. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and also for any of uh, the uh, fellow soldiers of the sea who are either on ship right now or have been on ship, we know that uh, we don't get stationed generally on like the big carriers. <laughs> we get sort of the lower rung of the surface warfare fleet. Uh, so yeah, just imagine a hundred years ago, what that might must have been like. And like you said, under yeah. serious, serious. Because that, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, the range of those guns I mean, this line of sight. Yes. Yeah, and it, it, it's. I mean, they, some of them could go up to like like a mile or two, and then, like I said, there was 50 heavy guns. the The walls of Fort Fisher were 30 feet high, so it's it's a pretty formidable obstacle in the in the Civil War era. And so that was, so the Gibraltar of the South. So Gibraltar being the gateway between the Atlantic and the Mediterranean. It's the gateway between the. Well, it was it was it was it was a, a peninsula that shot out and essentially. Um, was allowed uh, smugglers and uh, blockade runners to go in and deliver supplies in North Carolina, and it, after after you know the Union took over in uh, Norfolk, uh, it was pretty much the, one of the South's major the supply areas, logistics yeah. I mean, and this happened you know in 1864. The Second Battle of Fort Fisher happened early in uh, or mid January 1865. So it was pretty much one of the the major death knells of the Confederacy at that point. Did they get it in the second battle? Oh yeah, yeah, they got okay. it. But I mean, after obviously after a horrible, bloody battle, um, but and a bad Christmas and a very and bad, a bad Christmas and an unhappy New Year's. <laughs> All right, so next on we go into 1923. Uh, on this uh, Christmas, the 10th Marine uh, embarked from Quantico to prepare for winter maneuvers in the Caribbean. Again, it's not wartime. More, more lighthearted, but no one wants to go prepare for maneuvers on Christmas time, it's especially. No one wants to be on ship. Yeah, and when you mean preparing for maneuvers, that means that they're like on the ship, sailing down to yes. 
the Caribbean shores. Like but not Christmas. on a carnival cruise. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, a, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally imagining a great December 25th cruise, but I think I have a different it's idea. It's also in 1923s. The Caribbean yeah. wasn't exactly as it is now. Uh, and, and plus, on top of that, I mean, you know, it's like Merry Christmas, get on ship. Oh, and by the way, uh, enjoy sleeping in coarse quarters, living in coarse quarters with everyone around you. Swabbing through, you know. decks. Yeah. yeah. Delicious we, food. Standing around a scuttlebutt. Standing around a scuttlebutt. And as we just learned, not on the Navy's best boats. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me rephrase. They are very good boats. They are just on the lower rung of the surface warfare fleet. That's all. Oh, you're speaking for the boats 100 years ago here, Vic. Oh, 100 years ago, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. So anyways, continuing on, in 1943, uh, the 1st Marine Division prepares to assault Cape Gloucester the next day. And as for all our World War II aficionados out there, you know, Cape Gloucester was just another one of those you know, miserable island hopping meat grinders. And being mentally prepared to, to do that the next day after Christmas probably puts a damper on your holiday. What's it? 43, you said? Yes, 43. Ooh. December. Well, it's, it's, uh, the the landing was December twenty sixth, and the battle went till January sixteenth, nineteen forty four. So Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Yeah. Yeah. No. N- no fun. I mean, at least what like, before before you uh, would land, they would give you like a nice breakfast at least, but that's not going to make up for your next couple weeks. Yeah. And then uh, finally, we have on nineteen forty seven, five Marines on a hunting trip in China accidentally cross into Chinese communist territory. One was killed and one was captured. And, and also, I imagine those three guys who, who made it back were probably, you know, wrung out pretty hard by their by their stuff. Like, what the hell are you doing going into communist China? Yeah, land nav there, knuckleheads. Yeah. That they would train a little bit better for that. And plus, they're hunting, so they have guns with them. So yeah, like, yeah. That's, that's no, that's not, it's not a good look. <laughs> yeah. Not a good look at all. And knowing our look, they're probably hunting pandas or some, you know, animal beloved by the Chinese people on top of that, so. Yeah, I wonder what would even be up that way. It's gotta be caribou or something. In the winter. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. far up there. And they were coming from where? Like, what did, where were they, think, where did they think they were? I mean, they thought, well, 1947, so. Say, would it be Korea? I don't, maybe, yeah, I, I, I don't know. So uh, for those uh, who are looking uh, to supplement their Christmas presents, I found all of these in the USMC A Complete History, that which was published by the Marine Corps Association. So another very shameless, that shameful plug. So, yes. yeah, so uh, Merry Christmas to all. Remember that, you know, despite how awful your presents may be this year, you know, there's always times in our history where Marines have had to go out and do much worse things than get coal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coal in your stocking, actually, for some of these folks would have been a better Christmas than what they got. Yeah. Well, and if you uh, want to believe the comments on the old uh, Facebooks there, we're in the middle of a bad one right now. <laughs> Troll farmers. Troll farmers. Facebook is the real news. Also, where are the tanks? Yeah. <sighs> I guess not, is, nothing to be very thankful for this. Oh, <laughs> no. Thank you. No. Thanks a lot oh, for that man. one. That was awesome. Oh, thanks for the memories. <laughs> yeah. no I, I imagine like most of our followers are just like, why are they so obsessed about tanks? Like, well, because they're badass and cool. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. Well, for many of your Christmases you just listed, there weren't even tanks anyway, so, you know, what goes around comes around. Yeah. Speaking of going around and coming around, transition. That was a great segue. Thank you. 
I haven't been working on them. I should practice. <laughs> um, we uh, we pulled up some old old issues of Leatherneck Magazine, which our members can get to in the archive. Member the, benefit. The ghosts of Christmas past. The ghosts of Christmas past. So we found the 1921 edition of Leatherneck. I don't believe it was a magazine at the time. I think it was just a newspaper um, or a pamphlet. It was more of a newspaper. More of a newspaper. And we're going to pull up some interesting little tidbits. Uh, Vic, you have a did you know section from 1921 right in front of you. What did we need to know from 1921? These are all December, right? December December. 1921. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got a little segment of the Leatherneck newspaper. And yeah, like you mentioned, there's a did you know. So you got some pretty choice. So there are some interesting um, statistics. So the way this thing is structured is that these are like, it's a do you know is what it's titled. And then they literally are asking the question, do you know this? They don't they don't <laughs> validate it as like, no, that was wrong. Did you know this? No. They're just asking you the question. So I guess this is an invitation to learn more. Um, so, yeah. So, like, for example, there are plans that have been put forward to raise, or I guess, do you know that plans have been put forward to raise the Red Cross liner Stefano, which now lies off of Nantucket Lightship in 29 fathoms of water? She was torpedoed on October 6, 1916, by the German submarine U-53. Did you know? Uh, Here's an interesting one. Do you know that there are approximately 120,000 hairs on the average scalp? Did not know that. Not my scalp. (laughs) Do you know that wireless communication, wireless communication, 1921, this has been an ongoing thing. What is old is now new. Wireless communication between land and aircraft has been developed during the past year to such an extent that it is now possible to keep constant communication between aircraft and land stations. It's pretty radical. Whoa! Hey oh! That's important. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. All right. So right there, that is the beginning of an entire high-stress career for uh, air traffic controllers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess before this, it was like flags, right? Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of flags. I hope that runway's yeah, clear. Yeah, these spotters, yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys are up on a tower. You had to spot. Hey, here they come. Flag. Get the flag yeah. guy out. Oh, there, there's a piece of cloth coming in on the wind. And I mean... That's a plane. The, <laughs> hey, correct me if I'm wrong, historian. Oh, boy. Um, the first marine air, I mean, other than, like, blimps and stuff, was World War One, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I'd have to, I'd have to, to, to go more into that. But uh, I think... I Which don't would know. be? I, was it, I don't like, know if they had fighters, but they definitely may have, may have had reconnaissance. Yeah. yeah, they were trying to find submarines, I think, right in the North Sea or something like that. So it'd have been like what, 16, 1917? Yeah, I think around. That. So yeah, so nineteen twenty-one. I mean, this hasn't been. I mean, this is still an emerging oh, even yeah. capability within the like the mag the MAGTAF, right? Like they, this is just the. Yeah. Oh yeah. The ground level of the MAGTAF. So what I'm hearing is that we need to do a future episode taking a deep dive into aviation history. That's what I'm hearing. That would make you. What I'm hearing is I need to go on eBay and find Marine Corps aviation history books to (laughs) just. (laughs) And maybe we can even look at some of the ordinances. Yeah. That those aircraft can do that. Yeah. All right. Do you know that the Air Forces 
of the two United States fleets are now composed of scouting, spotting, combat, torpedo, bombing planes, and kite balloons. My goodness. Kite balloons was one of the so if many kites, arms of Marine Corps aviation. So a kite's not enough and a balloon's not enough. It's we a kite to balloon. Merge them. It's a balloon probably on a string. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's a kite balloon. We have yeah, actually. Don't, yeah, don't don't quote us on this. Um, <laughs> do, yeah, yeah, no, this is. We'll we'll do the disclaimer again at the end of the show. But but oh, but again, uh, what was once old is uh, new. So one of the things we had uh, in our inventory during the long war were these G Boss cameras, and they would sit on these huge balloons. That were tied to a string, and that was a, it. Was obviously a, a string that was tied, you know, connected to their camera readout and stuff. Kind of like a weather balloon. It was only a weather balloon, yeah. and it had a camera, and you would get like 360 capability. You could control it, whatever. Say, so, hey, kite balloons, man. Yeah. These guys were on it. This is like the forefront of modern warfare. Which, if you listen to the episode with Dr. <laughs> Michael Hunsaker, you would see that that was the birth yeah. of modern warfare. <laughs> um, okay, uh, last one. Do you know that Australia is larger in area than the United States and contains less people than the city of New York? 1921, Australia had less people than the city of New York. Wow. It was larger in area than the United States. United States, which at the time did not include Alaska. And Hawaii. And Hawaii, yeah. Hawaii's not adding a lot to that total. But hey, well, I mean, Alaska. if you count the waters in between, right? <laughs> For all who matter, or so all our listeners uh, from Hawaii, you matter. We care about you. Very much. Absolutely. Very much. Your, your land is valuable to us. But you're like the 49th largest state. Let's slow down. Oh. <laughs> but here's, there's some also interesting things on 48. my little page here. Um, there was a dinner between uh, British Royal Marines and uh, United States Marines. And they have the menu. Nice. Which is pretty cool. So let's see. In December 1921, if you're hosting British Mo- Royal Marines... In an official dinner, under the direction of mess steward Charles F. Hirsch, by first cook Charles P. Hungler. Hungler, the guy's the cook, his name's Hungler. Second cook William H. Lap? Lape? L A P E, Lape. Third cook Charles B. McKeng. And fourth cook Charles D. St- There's a lot of Charleses. Chuck in this was cook, popular said, back this then. This is the, what's that? Chuck was popular back yeah. then. Chuck. One of the, like, Chuck roasts. Anyways, um, so here's what they, these are the vittles that they served up for our distinguished guest. Oyster cocktail. Sweet pickles. Nice. Lobster salad. Olives. Cream of tomato soup. Nice. Saltines. <laughs> that for is the soup. A, a delicacy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no oyster crackers. Saltines. Even though we have oysters at the meal. like Yeah. Well, because you have the oyster cocktail. Why would yeah. you need oyster crackers? Celery. Wow. That's big. Roast young turkey with chestnut dressing, giblet gravy, cranberry sauce, strawberry jam, candy jams, asparagus tips on toast, mince pie, a little something for the home team, mashed potatoes, ice cream, bananas, mixed candies, apples, Fruitcake, oranges, mixed nuts, bread, butter, coffee, cigars, fruit punch, and cigarettes. No tea? That's a very solid Christmas. That's a solid, I mean, 
They even included the tobacco in there. Yeah, yeah I like our pack of reds for my Christmas dinner. Like. <laughs> Some lucky strikes to help yeah. it go down. And it's almost... Is that the Christmas meal that's like more of the modern Thanksgiving meal almost? I mean, they they just they gave them the full thing. I mean, yeah. I, I I don't I don't know if these are all a, a single course, but I mean it's at least three courses with the a whole smattering. And then another last interesting thing about my little page here is some of the advertisements are just so fantastic. So if you are in the business of getting medals, you can go to Noncom Liquid Tripoli. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> who for uh for cleaning and brandishing all metals especially adapted to the needs of all branches of the service prepared by waller and mosky druggists this was their official title they were druggists. druggists yeah so that was on 8th and i up in dc and then for all of your non-uniform needs you want to look smart have a nice smart outfit when you go out on the town on libo go to saxon company we keep in touch they say with marine corps by reading the leatherneck the leatherneck they read it i bet you they don't anymore probably not (laughs) with interest we follow the strenuous life of the quote-unquote devil dogs in big caps outside of the mere business aspect of the case we read with pleasure that the wearing of civilian clothes when on liberty is again in vogue. If you know Saxon Company, you will come to us for hats, clothes, uh, haberdashery, shoes, traveling cases, and sporting goods. If you don't know us, come in and get acquainted with the largest outfitters in South New York. If you don't want to buy anything, this is nuanced. This is something that people need to look into. If you don't want to buy anything, when in town, come in, see us, have a friendly talk. Saxon Company of Washington, D.C., 7th and Pennsylvania Avenue. Stop by, have a chin wag. Maybe leave us some haberdashery. Nice. Haberdashery is the hat, right? I have no, they already said hats. Yeah, hats close to new haberdashery. Hat. Haberdashery is fixing your hat. I think well, so. but then it's shoes yeah. uh, right after that. So, I mean, I think the haberdashery is everything. Oh, it's fixing one of the things. Is it fixing is something? Is it fixing hats or is it fixing shoes? All right. Well, you know... Let's write a Gazette article about what haberdashery is and where we I need to, to be. It's really yeah, I'd have to look into yeah. that a yeah. little bit. Really leatherneck. Important. The leatherneck. The leatherneck. The that's leatherneck. right. Haberdasher. That's they, they fix stuff, right? Like, I mean, shoes? it's listed as hats and with like hats, clothes, and haberdashery and shoes. Haberdashery is maintaining what you got because, <laughs> obviously. Or is it custom? You know, you can custom. stop in Seventh and Pennsylvania. Saxon Company and talk to them about what they do with their haberdashery. They read the Leatherneck. We should be able to get in there and get some uh, <laughs> some street cred just by walking in. Like, hey, guess uh, yeah. I just want to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just here to just want to talk. Here's yeah. the latest additional Leatherneck. I helped with uh, it. I'm like, waiting on my cab. Out. My yeah. little buddies bailed on me. I've Let's got two about. definitions here for haberdashery. Right. Okay. North American wireless communications. That's right. Wireless communications. North American definition: men's clothing and accessories. The British definition is small items used in sewing, such as buttons, zippers, mm. and threads. Notions. Mm. So it could be... Suit maintenance. Got it. Nailed yeah. It. It's it's all encompassing. Looking sharp. Yeah. yeah. It's Yeah, it's all about looking smart. Yeah. 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 Getting it done um, while I'm libo. While we're talking about ads... Um, William also has a page here with yes. a couple of Yeah, so um, if you were, you know, Christmas shopping via 
the Leatherneck in December 1921, I would probably recommend Hops Nitro Powder Solvent Number no. 9, trademark <laughs> registered, for cleaning high power Springfield rifles, revolvers, machine guns, and firearms of all kind, necessary to success of all contestants for honors at every rifle match, for sale at hardware and sporting goods stores, post exchanges, Frank A. Hop, 2314 North 8th Street, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Man, I wish the good old days when you could just oil you up your machine gun right. with hops. You and know? you don't even need a cool name. You just Nitro call it what? Powder. The Nitro Powder Number 9, number nine, nine. baby. Nine. Yeah, Raise you... your hand if you love the I smell mean, of hops Number 9. I mean, through 8 was an absolute goat rodeo. But Number 9, nailed it. it. You finally got it right. 1 through 8, like, who knows what you're using with that <laughs> yeah, Nitro Powder. that's right. right? You'll strip you know, it. You'll strip it like, clean. I, honestly, I, I want to pick some of this up and try it myself. It sounds sounds legit. Well, it's a nice glass jar. There's a picture yeah, in the yeah, back. Yeah. yeah, it looks with like a, with a cork. But with it's a, not a tonic. It's a powder. It's a powder. It could be a tonic. It's a Nitro Powder. Nitro Powder. But also in 1921, if you were a Marine, you could also get some jokes. And we have some uh, oh, nice nice you. jokes that are appropriate to our age and time. So we'll, we'll go off. Uh, <laughs> judge. Who brought you here? Drunk. Two policemen. Judge. Drunk, I suppose? Drunk. Yes, sir. Both of them. <laughs> oh, my. Humor has not changed We need much. a laugh track right now. It's like a dad uh, joke. I hear you had a quarrel with your sweetheart the other day. Yes, she sneered at my, at my apartment. So knocked her flat. Oh. Mm. Let's, let's avoid the rest of the jokes. That, that um, didn't age well. <laughs> no, that one doesn't. That doesn't play. Most no, of the jokes don't anymore. play. There's a, a dark, the right. dark part of our history, guys. Here's another one that's uh, hopefully appropriate. Uh, waiter, yes, sir. What's this? It's bean soup, sir. No matter what it has been, the question is, what is it now? Uh, has been. <laughs> Whatever it has been. <laughs> has it's been. bean soup. Whatever it has been. What is it now? Because it's not bean soup anymore. A, uh, another joke. Cop. Hey, where are you going? Don't you know this is a one-way street? Driver. Well, I'm only going one way, ain't I? But I'm bumped. All right. There we go. Um, if you happen to reading The Leatherneck on Christmas, you can also see that we, uh, The Leatherneck acknowledge Christmas cards. The Leatherneck acknowledges with thanks Christmas cards from Mrs. K.L. Lampier of Canadagua. Sorry, Canadians, New York, <laughs> Mr. C.H. Hunnell of Terre Haute, Indiana, and the Planters National Bank of Fredericksburg, Virginia. Well, you got all the hard ones in Fredericksburg. So yeah, the Fredericksburg, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if you happen to be a very lonely Marine on Christmas Eve, you could have uh, gone to the Marine Barracks uh, film program for, and seen, uh, oh, this, sorry, this is for January, not December. So if you were lonely on New Year's, you could have seen uh, Enchantment with Marion Davies. Quality classic film, right? Yeah. Sure. So yeah, that is totally. You can actually get every everything on the entire month is in there. So if you need to plan your trip to the theater, you can know what's playing on say January thirteenth. It's, it's not that's this place. It's oh no, that's nothing. Dance. That's the listed man's <laughs> dance. I picked the but wrong. What is it? Well, whose dance is it? The, the listed, listed man. man's. Oh, oh, the listed man's dance. We have, we have a. Uh, on the Tuesday, the 31st, we had the Isle of Rich starring Charles Chaplin. Yes. Charles Chaplin. You got to end the month on a high note. Exactly. With all these classic films. And then uh, speaking of, of, of classics and classic films and classic years, uh, Nancy, what do you got going on in uh, 
39. Well, I've got some poetry. I've got some of the, uh, of the famous Leatherneck Gyrene Jingles. Before we jump into that, though, I think we need to know what a gyrene is. Yes, absolutely. And Vic gave a, a, an amazing definition. Of... Amazing is too kind. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, it's, and it's also, it's third hand. And again. The best kind of information <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. is third this hand. This is totally corroborated by a buddy of mine <laughs> who went to jump school. So... Uh, apparently, uh, and for those who have been to jump school, they can allegedly, uh, allegedly, no, allegedly, no, he did go to jump school. He's <laughs> no, legit. no, no, that no. I mean, legit. apparently, I mean, he went to jump school. Okay, allegedly, okay. he knows what gyrene means. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so, right, yeah, right, exactly. right, There we go. <laughs> Clarifying. Thank you. So yeah, goes to jump school. Gets called gyrene all the time. Hey, gyrene, gyrene. And he's like, doesn't understand what that is all about. And so, because it's a marine at an army school, and most of the people that come to the school are soldiers. They are GIs. Since a Marine, he's not going to call him a Marine because he doesn't rate being called a Marine. He's going to call, he can't, he also doesn't rate being called a soldier because he's not a soldier. So he calls him a Gyrene. Nice. So he's not a soldier, okay. but he also doesn't rate being called a Marine because, you know, Army and Marine Corps. Uh, cross-service competition stuff so he calls him gyrene and makes him sad well right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on that note sad christmas yeah. well and i'm about to make it sad again Aww. so about for about the first hundred years of leatherneck's existence the, the leatherneck the leatherneck the last page of the leatherneck feature featured jingles or poetry Jingles of a Gyrene. Uh, later, the the title was changed to Gyrene Jingles. So I'm going to read you from the December 1939 edition, the poem called A Mother's Part by Mrs. Mary L. Hulse. We train our sons to meet life, to take their place among men. We see them go, our hearts aglow, yet wishing them home again. "'Twas at the close of a too short day "'that my boy bid me goodbye, "'and I tried to smile as hard I prayed, "'Please, God, don't let me cry. "'A mother's work is never done "'even though her sons become men. "'To her for courage they oft must look, "'O oh, time and time again. "'My soldier boy is strong and fine. "'He'll make good his boast to me. "'A wonderful mother you've been,' he said." Now I'll be the man you hoped I'd be. So he'll make good, I know, with singleness of vision and purpose strong, ready to serve the land of his birth and protect it from infamy and wrong. All alone tonight I sit in our little home at the top of the hill. The frogs are quiet, the birds are hushed, and even the winds are still. Perhaps they know I am praying for the son who, I, who now is among men, and I smile as from the starry heavens seems to roll a triumphant amen. Man, it's like dust in the air or something. <laughs> Beautiful poem, but I feel like if any Marine was called a soldier boy by his mom, that wouldn't end well. Well, probably Marine, little, not. I, but I think soldier boy has a nice ring to it. A little like, poetic license. Yeah, yeah there yeah, we go. Yeah, you got to keep the yeah. tempo. Right. Keep the, uh, uh, so the repetition. Little soldier the... boy, little marine boy. I, in 39, yeah, they probably weren't as hard on that as they would be later. 
Perhaps. Perhaps not. I hope so. You gotta do it for its musicality. Right. Poetic license. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You gotta get the pantameter right. <laughs> I didn't I didn't analyze it. I don't know if it's iambic or not, guys. I, I, I don't know. Come on, get on it. Hey, you're the English teacher over here. I was. But you have to sit down and like make little dashes and lines on there. That's no fun. I didn't take the time to do that. Where's our wireless communication to validate this? Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> what do you got? I don't have my Nick. phone with me, so what I do you got? Really <laughs> yeah. um, well, I, mean, I got poems for, for days. Nice. Guys. Poems so for can days. we can we get some of them in like different voices? Do you do in person? Um, I can try. Are they a little please? more upbeat um, than what I just read? I hope. I want to go upbeat. Let's do get it done. Yes, come on. Let's get some voices. Christmas, baby. Uh, this has no author on it. It's just selected. All right, so get it done. It isn't the job we intend to do or the labor we've just begun that puts us right on the balance sheet. It's the work we've really done. Our credit is built on the things we do. Our debt on the things we shirk. The men who... Ah, sorry. The man who totals the biggest plus is the man who completes his work. Good intentions are not... Uh, good Lord, guys. I'm sorry. Good intentions do not pay our bills. It is easy enough to plan. To wish is the play of an office boy. To do is the work of man. <laughs> Why do you talk like that all the time? That's Yeah. That was very that, motivating. Because I, like I mess it. up a lot. Was that, Did they rhyme done with done? You can rhyme whatever you want when you're a man. <laughs> when you're doing, when, when you're doing the work of a man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, begun and done. All right, begun and done. Very good. So, I should go and post and cut out my errors. Um, and so, how do they spell gyrene here? Is it with the G? G Y G Y R E N E. Huh? I gotta look that up. So, get back to us on that. I mean, when it's a made-up word, you can spell it however you want. What's that? When it's made-up word, you can spell it however you want. Yeah, I guess that's true. So. All right. You guys got anything else on your pages? Or do you want to just pick a year between 32 and 35? Yeah, regale us. Pick a year. 35. 35. All right. You want to talk about uh, shoe or stocking? This is author unknown, and this is probably not as fun as the other one. In Holland, <laughs> children set their shoe. Good Lord. This was a bad copy job. In Holland, children set their shoes this night outside the door. Those wooden shoes net clopsy and fills them from his store. But here we hang our stockings up on handy hook or nail. And Santa Claus, when all is still, will plump them without fail. Speak out, you sober sides. Speak out and let us hear your views. Between a stocking and a shoe, what do you see to choose? What intent pauses sober sides a little side of fetch well seems to me a stocking's best for wooden shoes won't stretch because you don't want your stockings to get limit what you can get from santa guys yeah but you can also like but wait well so i did, i missed the correlation between the clogs the wooden clogs and wooden the clogs stocking. don't stretch this is from holland yeah 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 what are you gonna have santa put your presents in a stocking which stretches right uh, but i, I guess yeah. i didn't under i didn't realize that the clog was an option I want to know who Sobersides is. Sobersides. Well, I mean, somebody doesn't drink. He's not drinking. Poor guy. I also got to figure out who Necked Clobes is. Sobersides? Is that what they say? Sobersides. Sobersides and Necked Clobes. Necked Clobes? Maybe he's friends with uh, with Dry Danny? Possibly. I don't know. This is Holland. so. Very exotic. Yeah. 
I like to I like to read Yeah, I guess I'm these. just interested in so is the idea of the poem then to give make sure that Santa doesn't inerrantly put in toys into your clogs and that hits the stocking? Oh, you have two choices. You can put out your shoes or, or you, you can put, put out, out your stockings. stockings. Okay. And if you put out your shoes... You're going to plump that stocking. You can't plump yeah, a clog. Yeah, your wooden shoes won't stretch. It says it yeah. right there. It's the, it's it's the right kicker there. line in the whole I guess boat. I'm just... I never knew it was an option. Stretch. I always just thought the stocking You've was a one-way thing. You've lived your entire life on this side of the Atlantic Ocean. That's so true. I can see That's true. how you wouldn't understand how things are done in Europe. Yeah, those, <laughs> those crazy Dutchmen. Um, okay, so that was fun. Let's go back a year. 1934. Uh, little ships or Christmas at sea? Little ships. Christmas at sea. Oh, William, break the tie. Christmas. Christmas at sea. All right, I can't do that many voices, guys. So this is just gonna be Nick singing uh, by Constantine M. Perkins. This is a reverie, by the way. So, okay, very nice. Um, I can't really. I should have printed these so much bigger. In home snug hearth, it is Christmas Eve. I gaze through the pane at the whistling snow. In memory's magic web I weave, dreamed windows of long ago. Pictures, guys. I'm sorry. Dreamed <laughs> pictures. I got shown off by dream being spelled with an N. In retrospect, I sit and nurse through the misty sweep of 50 years. Back to my past midshipman's cruise as the harbor light on the headland nears. As snug within my study warm, I see without the eddying, eddying snow. I visioned such another storm on Christmas Eve once long ago. I hear subdued the sullen roar of billows and a hurricane, of breakers on a rocky shore, and the bent upon my window pane. The A's look like N's. And the beat upon my window pane. I'm really sorry, guys. <laughs> the dash of spoom, the rattle of rain, the whistle and whine of the winds that blow, and my sailing days come back again. As I doze by the fire's ruddy glow, through frosty rain there comes to me a vision of spindrift, sleet, and snow, and I glimpse again at Christmas at sea, neath memory's pall of long ago. I feel the bite of driving rain, the slap and spray, the frosty nip of icy blast. I am back again to the vanished days of seamanship, to the days of fifty years ago when ships were ships and men were men. Whenever wintry tempests blow, and I have those memories o'er again. I watch the topsail's sinking leech, I twirl the spokes of frost and veer, as full and by the weather reach, with an anxious eye on running gear. Now a barmalay, I doze and dream, I doze and dream. <laughs> in retrospect by the embers glow, my anchors east in a quiet stream, at Christmas, and I in my watch below. That's it. <laughs> Ho, ho, ho. These are pretty good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when we first came up with this idea, I have to admit, I thought it was going to be a little bit of a, an S yeah. show, man. But these these are these are good poems. Oh, it's still an S show because I'm reading it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, yeah. reading uh, accoutrement, you know, uh, acumen inside, I think these are, these are pretty good yeah. Well-written, yeah. well-crafted. Yeah, they've put some well, time was, into it. I was so disappointed. I thought because – Later on, some of them get kind of cheesy. bad and cheesy and sappy and kind of like, I sat down in my study one day and I wrote a poem. <laughs> Never written one before in my life. 
These ones, they like, they obviously tried. They obviously uh, yeah, cared. Yeah, it was a different cool. era. Yeah. 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 It's cool. So. And interesting that even then, the poet is yearning for the old years core. Ago. That was 1934. Yeah, yeah. So 1984? 1884? I can go the right direction. <laughs> 1984 was still a good year. So. Yeah. If you're looking back from now, yeah, those are the days of yore. <laughs> um, okay, you want to go back another year? Do you think I can do one right this time? Just give it a go. Good luck. Okay, Gifts by Hair Trigger Hop. That's the name they put in there, Hair Trigger Hop. Don't be downrange of this person. <laughs> For sure not. <laughs> I cannot bring you trophies of the chase, rare amber beads and ropes of pearl and jade, Ransomed with blood from mammon's cold embrace, or gain of paltry bickering and trade. I cannot bring you gifts of other men, and lay love's guerdon at your feet to prize. Rejoicing in the brilliance of each gem was ever more than within your eyes. But I would capture words arrayed in dreams, and break them to my will and sing your praise. Where love and life and sentiment, passion gleams, forever through the clouds of springtime days. The jewels and cups of Helen's chest are... <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Probably should have uh, screened that one. I should have screened that a little bit. I'm going to say how it is, though, because I, I saw it and I immediately panicked. I remembered we're all adults here. The jewels and cups are of Helen's though? breasts are gone. The Helen's beauty quivers yet in song. She's not as perky as she once was, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, moving right along. See, I saw that one right next to the Lumberjack of Maine, and I thought, that one's got to be better than the Lumberjack of Maine. Well, now we got to find out. By C. Grenville Wilson, the Lumberjack of Maine. Uh, the scent of pine, it was the breath of life, and the thrill of the drive his pay. Danger to him was a wedded wife and a run on the logs of play. No time in his for ease or dream when the rivers were in flood, when the lunge of the logs they took to stream fired fever in his blood white water and rips brought the song to his lips and he drove the logs through the spoon that's the second time i've seen the word spoon sorry and his nimble tread and swaying hips he rode them into the boom jams and high water took their toll on Pennsylvania. okay that's the river that i can never get right penobscot 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 and allagash and kennebec water claimed many a soul but he went to his death with dash with a dash with head held high and unflinching glance and his song a, a smitten bell with pick pole poise like a questing lance he rode through the mill tales of hell and that is the lumberjack of maine has nothing to do with the marine corps yeah no but, but i mean there it is went, he went down jingles. like he went yeah he's doing the work of a man doing the work of a man when when men were men and <laughs> ships men were ships. men ships <laughs> were ships and logging was logging and Leatherneck was the Leatherneck. The Leatherneck. The, the Leatherneck. leatherneck. And Saxon Co. Red. Down for a chin yeah. wag. That's right. Yeah. Red <laughs> That's Leatherneck. Like the old, today's equivalent would be the online chat with a customer service rep, right? No, I think it's more like Costco, <laughs> right? Like they just want you to come in and then impulse buy. Yeah. I'm all about that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Well, I think Just that's, get them in the door. I think that's enough of me butchering poetry, unless you guys want to take one. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, it is definitely uh, yeah. 
not my skill set. All right. Well, that feels like a good holiday time. I, I apologize again for messing up the poems, um, but I'm not going to go back and fix those. <laughs> well, I, they know that, but at this point, they yeah. already know that. Yeah. <laughs> this is very yeah. off the cuff. But, yeah, I mean, I think it was it's a good way to wrap up, right? I mean, sure. some holiday cheer. Um, so I guess I'll be the first to just thank all of our listeners for – Tuning in, uh, this has been a really fun few months, uh, and as we, you know, think back on the episodes that we've done, and we look forward to the episodes that are coming up. I just again want to thank everyone. I want to thank the Marine Corps Association for letting us come in here and do this. This is amazing, and then uh, all of our listeners for tuning in and. and being with us through our, uh, I guess, 11 episodes now. This is episode 12. This would be episode 12 that we've done, yeah. aired 11. Um, if you do the math, that checks out. And then, um, but yeah, so I just want to say a very heartfelt and uh, gracious Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, uh, Happy New Year. Guys, everyone be safe uh, and have a lot of fun. And um, yeah, thanks again. You said it too well for me to chime in too much. So, yeah, thank you, everybody. Uh, well, yeah, thanks, everyone. And uh, like I said, uh, we, we mentioned earlier in a couple other episodes, like, look out, see how you can help other people, especially the Afghan refugees during this time. It's, it's trying for everyone, but, uh, you know, we can, we can make the best of it. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We enjoyed putting together this special holiday episode, already making plans for next year. And have a great holiday season and best wishes for an amazing 2022. All right, with that, uh, just a quick disclaimer. Nothing we said here is reflecting of the Marine Corps Association's any official stance. This was all opinion and hearsay, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next year.